We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Um, Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect opportunity for you. As part of the program, uh, you'll receive your own personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks that we all use. And on top of that, we'll uh, help you get your show pushed out to Apple and Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all those other platforms. And the, the best part is you can get that all for 15 bucks a month. I can tell you from personal experience of hosting my own podcast, it, it, cost, it cost me more than that to, to start my own and, and host my own podcast. So that's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an opportunity to level up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Hey, yeah. I feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. And that was a second consecutive brutal loss by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, after a 36-point loss to the Lakers on Sunday night, the Wolves lost by 23 points to the Clippers tonight. And honestly, I don't even know if those 59 points tell uh, tell the story of just kind of how bad it really was. You know, I, I just think for a team that has a roster that hasn't played much together, you know, a roster that needs real on-the-floor time together to coalesce and just figure out, you know, who the hell they are, those two games were just a complete waste. Really, there's just – it sucks. There's nothing There's nothing of real value we can take away from either game because nothing of, I don't like, informative value really happened. Like, yes, we can say they were absolute trash in those games. Like, I, I, I heard that. I hear that. I acknowledge that. But – even in losses, you're trying to you're trying to take something from it. And what what I'm saying is that we we just don't have really have any idea of how this team functions together 
because when you're playing basketball down by 20 in the first half, everything just kind of becomes a waste, right? That's why they that's why they call it garbage time. Those those two games were obviously 96 minutes of they, those 96 minutes were sorely needed for development and for production. You know, while the rest of the league is getting to know themselves, these catless Timberwolves know nothing about themselves because they didn't even really they didn't really play. And I mean, we're going to we're going to get into specific observations and topics from from that game tonight, like, you know, just the deterioration of the defense, um, Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell just not really doing anything to illustrate that they can step into that lead role. And also try and hit some positive things. You know, Jared Vanderbilt actually played like the minutes mattered. But I, I just, I, I you know, I, I wanted to come out and acknowledge, come out strong and say that that was bad. But I, I honestly, I'm, I am of two minds with all of this. And, and, you know, that first one I laid out there, you know, this was wasted and disappointing. But I'm also of the mind of acknowledging that this happened against the Lakers and the Clippers. And, you know, we're, we can get caught up in the moment of the loss and it being bad and yes I know that Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard didn't play but it was just still abundantly clear that the players the Wolves had to play the talent they had compared to the LA teams was just JV versus varsity and and you can be frustrated about that but that's also just a fact and so I'm of the mind that this was this result was expected the the losing the losing handily like I'm I'm not it's not shocking that the Wolves got beat pretty bad by the Lakers and the Clippers. I, I don't know how it was a reasonable expectation for the Wolves to be close in these games after losing Cat mid-road trip. No time to practice, no time to really put together a new plan for who they're going to be. I mean, the, the only way these games were going to be close were the Lakers or the Clippers were just going to need to poop the bed, you know, do what the Clippers did against the Mavs the other game. Like, the only way this Timberwolves roster was competing in these two games was by the Lakers or the Clippers playing a terrible game, by them mailing it in. I think we can acknowledge that. We can acknowledge that. We can acknowledge this talent discrepancy that was here. But we also have to, at the same time, acknowledge how just kind of lame it is that it was the Wolves that were the team to mail it in. You know, that part's unacceptable. There there are plenty of guys on this roster, you know, who could have used this time that had something to play for. I mean, Jake Lehman and Wancho Hernan Gomez, they had to prove after the first three games that they were worthy of rotation minutes in the NBA. And they didn't prove that tonight. D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley had to prove what their paychecks demand of them, which is being really good players, even if the team's best player is out. They didn't prove that. D'Lo looked like Warriors D'Lo. And Beasley looked like the guy who was scraping for minutes on the Nuggets last year. Not the guy who can be a second option. You know, those four, along with Ricky Rubio, are the vets of the normal rotation, right? And and they just didn't, they didn't meet expectations. So really, that's observation one. This group just didn't do what they were supposed to do. Not at all. And... And in the post-game commentary, it, it was good to hear Ricky Rubio not pull any punches. Maybe you've already seen some of the quotes, but I'm going to play the audio because, you know, Rubio called a spade a spade, acknowledging how ridiculously bad, those were his words, how ridiculously bad the Timberwolves played. Here's what Rubio said post-game. 
Ricky, uh, second game uh, for you guys tonight without Carl. Um, when you when you kind of look at the picture offensively and defensively, where you need to adjust the most, what do you what do you see when you look at these last two performances? We got to adjust a lot of things. Uh, first, we got to play as a team and, and trust the game plan. <clears throat> I think tonight we started the game in the right way, but then when things go, not going our way. Uh, everybody goes and, and, and playing uh, selfish, and uh, we gotta learn. Uh, we can put a lot of excuses. We young, blah blah blah, this and that. But uh, once you step on the court and you're playing for an NBA team, and uh, the last two games, it's been ridiculous bad, and there's no other words to put it. And uh, we gotta get better. I think we didn't learn nothing from the game against the Lakers. We came tonight with the same mindset of just go out there and hoop. I don't know if it's because there's no fans <clears throat> because the situation we live right now, but uh, that can't continue. And uh, we got to do something about it. He's right. That can't continue. And it has been ridiculously bad. Now, Rubio does hold some individual blame here too. He doesn't just get a pass for being the one to call it out. He himself hasn't been good in terms of production. I mean, we can't really use stats here. Like I said before, you know, it's the, the quantifying process is just kind of broken right now. You can't say how good or bad anyone has really been because every stat will tell you that everything has been bad. That's what happens when you lose two games by 60 points. But, you know, we can watch these games. We did watch these games and acknowledge that Rubio individually hasn't been playing at, at the level expected. That level of a point guard that was supposed to be worth $17 million. Those are real resources. I mean, we've, we've talked about this at length. The What was invested to bring him in. You know, I've defended the James Johnson for Rubio trade, thinking the value of Johnson's expiring contract was definitely worth the squeeze of Rubio's extra year under contract. And I, I still feel that way. Because of what he can provide. But to me, the concerning element, you know, I, I'm never going to just quantify Rubio just in oh how much did he score how many assists that sort of thing it's the thing I'm concerned about is that we just aren't seeing synergy at all between Rubio and D'Angelo Russell it was a precondition of justifying the Rubio acquisition that the Rubio and Russell pair would work that it would have synergy now I I totally get that that you know takes some time and that we're going to need to be patient here but but really, again, you've watched these games. Can you think of a run of plays at all over these first four games where you went like, yeah, the Rubio-Russell backcourt, this is working? No, I, you can't. I mean, I know maybe more of that's on Russell, who's been bad these last two games, than it is on Rubio, whatever. But those two are tied together. They just are. And, and neither of them you know, have done the necessary amount of controlling that is required of a point guard. Thus far, it's more been like one point guard plus another point guard equals zero point guards. Rubio talked a little bit about that at post game as well, and and just kind of how it's it is on the point guards to to control what's happening to stop the bleeding. Here's what Rubio said. Hey Ricky, like you talked about the snowballing when other teams have been going on runs of late. Um, a lot of people will point at the point guards in those spots. What can you and D'Angelo do better, I guess, to try to stabilize things when things aren't going the right way? Absolutely. Control the tempo of the game and knowing what uh, kind of sets to run when that happens. Uh, 
everybody got to be on the same page, but especially the point guards got to take uh, or do our job, which is organize. And uh, we didn't play any organized ball um, tonight. Last question, Pierre, go ahead. Ricky, you mentioned the, the, the runs that teams will go on. You saw with the Lakers you saw tonight, they go on runs. But is it more frustrating to see those runs occur or just not really have a response to those runs, you know, knowing that you, they might have a 12 over or something like that, but you knowing you have to respond and you don't? Is that, is that even more frustrating? Uh, both are frustrating. Uh, have, making, uh, receiving a run, but at the end of the day, in this league, there's a lot of good players and can get hot. And even you play a good defense, they're going to score. So uh, you got to take your head off and, and, and that's it. But uh, that's not the case. We didn't play good defense. We didn't play uh, defense at all. Um, and then, like you said, when they make a run, you got to show your pride and, 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 and get back at it. And uh, we just kind of like chill, like there's nothing going on. And, and it's not going to get easier. It's going to get tougher because it get, before it gets easier. Uh, we have Washington coming 0-4 and, and they see the last two games and they see what a team we can beat. So hopefully we can learn from our mistakes. Um, we 2-2, two and two, which uh, is a good record, but uh, it doesn't show exactly where we at we are way worse than two and two right now the real challenge for rubio is going to be instilling everything he's saying there and and you know what he understands and and to get the rest of this roster to understand it and act on it you know rubio's track record and his historical ability to influence winning in ways that don't always show up on the stat sheet that that is why he is supposed to be worth that 17 million and I, I go back to what I said on the last pod about Gorgie Jang and Robert Covington and Shabazz Napier being the leaders of that team once Cat went out last year, along with Andrew Wiggins. And they got the Wolves to play with an identity when, when Cat was out last season. You know, that group lost a lot, so they weren't a good team, but they played with a certain intention that kept things afloat. When Cat got back last year after those 15 games he missed with the knee, the Wolves were 15 and 25. That was enough so that the team could have, again, been relevant the second half of the season. You could have had these productive games had Cat not again got hurt. That That's the line. Like That's what Rubio and this team's leader's job is over this period of time without Cat. They need to get them to a place where when Cat comes back, you can have a productive, call it second half of the season, hopefully sooner than that, um, where you're actually putting something together. Let's take a quick break. The NBA is back in action, heading into the playoffs. Is football. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From the game spreads and totals to team and player coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, championship, futures, all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, 
your online sports book experts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Observation two is that the front court is just very broken without Kat Nakogi. And I, I certainly don't put that all on 21-year-old Nas Reed. I actually think the growth Nas has shown in these past 12 months has been exponential. You know, I, I, I watch him play. I watch him play in these, these bad games, and I see a player who could legit be good when he's 24, 25 years old. I really do. He, you know, he's acting on his natural feel for the game offensively, and I see him taking real strides defensively. Now, his, his reads and his footwork aren't perfect defensively. He's by no means a stopper, but, I, but a lot of what he does with those reads and the footwork are the things we've been wanting Cat to do. They're the things that if Cat did them, he would be a solid defensive center. Now, did Zubat still get did Zubat still beat up Nas on on the inside tonight? Yes. But when I watch Nas play, I see the potential for a player who won't let that happen a few years from now and somebody who could also be a real force offensively. I also want to play some audio from Nas because I thought he was straight up post game, you know, hammering home points about mentality and and talking like he was a vet even though he, you know, he's one year removed from being an undrafted rookie. So here's Nas. Nas, when a team is rolling, what do you guys kind of say to each other to try to get them out of their rhythm? Does the physicality have to pick up or, or what exactly is the philosophy on trying to, to get guys out of rhythm? Just stop saying things and just do it. I mean, we all say, oh, we can do this or we can do that. We understand we can. It's at the point that we need to do it. It's been two games in a row where we haven't done it. And we don't want to continue. Like I said before, we don't want to continue that bad habit and we just need to um, pick up our pace and pick up our play period I appreciate not saying that and I, I do think he's right to some extent but I also go back to being the two minds thing here where you know what exactly is he expecting next to him when there just aren't any power forwards next to him to to do it you know he's saying to do it I I'm I'm just personally zero percent surprised the power forward position completely collapsed in Josh Akogi's absence Akogi was the only dude on the team doing anything there. Literally. I mean, Lehman and Wancho have just been completely MIA. And then Jared Culver started at the four tonight and looked to take about 15 steps backwards after taking 10 steps forwards. However, that makes sense in the first couple of games. Like, I mean, Culver 
you know, I've, this one was tough. I'm hoping it, it doesn't extend on further, but it was, it's so interesting watching him play. You, you just see his confidence, like physically manifest in what his shot looks like and how he carries himself defensively. It was, it was really a step backwards, but you know, for the front court, it's just, if it's going to be non-confident Jared Culver, like that's not an option at the four next to Nas. Really, Jared Vanderbilt looked to be the only other functioning big. And and I know you, you can't really play more than 10 players in your rotation, but it feels like Vanderbilt on this roster might need to slide into the rotation just to have another body next to Nas. And I know probably a lot of you are just thinking, just bench Wancho, you know, and, and have the, give those minutes to – Give those minutes to Vanderbilt. He can rebound. But if you're Ryan Saunders, that's just a big step to take. I mean, I mean, think about it like a month ago. No matter like really where you're at on Wancho, go back a month in your head, you're thinking he was going to be the team's starting power forward. Even if you didn't love him. And and for Wancho to be completely removed from the rotation with both Akogi and Cat out. That would just be a massive, massive indictment. And I don't think you can get Vanderbilt in without taking Wancho out. Now, again, I'm not saying Wancho doesn't deserve that based on his play from these four games, but there are just mentality factors to consider here. Like, I don't know. I mean, the Wizards are the next opponent, so you don't necessarily need the size in that game. They, the Wizards start Denny of Dia at the four, and Davis Bertans comes in you know, and plays even more next to him. But then after the Wizards is two games against the Nuggets, you, you probably got to go bigger in that game, right? Do you play Vanderbilt over Wancho completely in that game? I mean, Wancho against Denver DMPs. Whew. But I, I just don't know how this roster without Cat and Akogi can compete against a physical opponent like Denver if you're not going to play Vanderbilt. It's tough, which brings me to observation three, which is just, you know, what 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 the hell is the plan on defense? I mean, and I don't even mean that as a. I mean that in regards to the players available on the roster, the options are just so limited for what you can do defensively. Like, the Delo and Beasley playing together thing was always going to be a major problem defensively, and that problem just becomes even more glaring now that Cat and Akogi are out. You know, hiding D'Lo doesn't work when the other pieces on the roster can't hide him. I mean, they tried to hide D'Lo on Batum tonight, and Batum was just backing him down, scoring or dishing to cutters. And then what do you do if you're Nas? You, you feel like you need to help. Otherwise, Batum's just going to crab dribble, crab dribble layup like he did. And then so... So Nas is coming over to help, and then Nas's man gets free for cuts and dunks. I mean, it's just a snowball, you know, where where it just doesn't work. I mean, the, the Clippers just clearly relished the idea of the Wolves trying to hide people. And it was just hide-and-go-seek, mostly just hunting D'Lo tonight. And then with Beasley, he's just completely lost off ball on defense. Like, I, I again, and I've commended him, like, the effort is there and he's attacking the boards and I, you, which is really important for this team, but his man just knows that if they move enough off ball, that they will eventually become wide open. Malik has not shown he can both track the ball and his man. I mean, he's, you got to say he's been like one out of 10 defensively this year for grading him like off the ball. 
and I maybe that isn't as as clear just watching the games, but like I, I know you probably don't have the game DVR or anything, but but just go to YouTube, go to YouTube highlights of the the Lakers or the Clippers game, and watch the Lakers or the Clippers score, and look at what Malik Beasley is doing. When he is off ball, he's lost, and it leads to scoring opportunities for the opponent. For the opponent. What Saunders was trying to do to to kind of band-aid over that for the injuries was he was trying to stack up as many of D'Lo and Beasley's together minutes out there along with two of Cat, Akogi, and Culver, you know, kind of trying to balance things out. And when only one of Cat, Akogi, and Culver were out there with D'Lo and Beasley, then Saunders would go zone. Well, now two of Cat, Akogi, and Culver literally can't be out there at the same time. So what do you do? Zone all the time? No, that that's not realistic. You know, the best thing to do, again, would be to stagger D'Lo and Beasley as much as possible, right? But then we saw that tonight against the Clippers, and when only one of them were out there, the Wolves' offense was completely deflated. It was just so easy for an opposing defense to plan for only one offensive creator. We saw the spacing just dies. So if D'Lo and Beasley need to play less together defensively, but they need to be out there with a second creator offensively, what do you do? That's that's kind of just broken, right? Like, And maybe that's just the answer. Maybe this current iteration of the roster is just broken. But I think you have to try and find a middle ground. And I think in this case, the middle ground is more time for Jordan McLaughlin. He's he's a capable defender in the right matchup. He knows where to be. And he provides a second creation op, option on offense. I think that's what I'd do. But admittedly, like that gets complicated too with Rubio in the mix. Now you've got J-Mac, Rubio, Beasley, and D. Like that's a lot of small guys. But I just think Saunders is going to need to be even more intentional about the backcourt rotation if he wants to salvage the defense without completely folding on offense. It's going to be tricky. My final observation is that this team needs something to be excited about. They need to play with joy. In in these last two games, you know, partly just through bad luck. I mean, mostly just through bad luck. The team has pretty much lost everything it was excited in. You you lost Cat, who is actually back playing basketball and and even though he wasn't at his peak he was functioning as a legitimate hub for both the offense and the defense and then you lost Josh Kogi, who was defending at an all defense level I thought and doing so at clearly the team's biggest position of need power forward and and then from there you lost the confidence of Jared Culver by needing to play him in a bigger role that bigger role came with adversity and adversity seemed to kind of crush some of the confidence gains he'd made and then you just lost the vibe of Anthony Edwards a little bit there too I mean I know he had those three threes in his first stint but when you fall so far behind in consecutive games as a rookie you just kind of lose your rhythm I think we totally saw that in Edwards tonight he needs that rhythm that flow of a competitive game I don't know this team just has to find joy again and I think they have to find it Friday against Washington it, it shouldn't be this slippery of a slope after two games, but it is. You know, playing this joyless can be just dangerously contagious. I mean, we saw it last year, right? Like, that can't happen again. 
and I'm I'm not I'm not talking about that can't happen or their playoff hopes are going to die. Like that that's not actually that important. I'm I'm talking big picture. This team needs to right the ship because they can't afford to have another joyless season. You know the impact of that. I mean that could be profound. You know this season has to be about having a semblance of something that works, right? Like the greater construction plan of this team is not about being a quote-unquote winner this season. But it is definitely about cultivating a style and a culture that will then be there when it is time to win. Talking about building a style and cultivating a culture was fine last year. Just talking about it. It was year one. Year two has to be about taking form. And it sucks they have to do that for an extended period of time without Cat. But that's what it is. Tough shit. Like, the, the excuse of we didn't have Cat this year won't work again. You know, who knows when Cat will come back, but whenever it is, he, he cannot come back to a broken style of play and a broken culture of losing. And that's that's the challenge right now. That's the challenge for Saunders. That's the challenge for the players. I definitely, definitely acknowledge that. I don't – there aren't clear answers. But this time, this period of time matters. And I think they know that. I think we heard that in Rubio – and reads words tonight. Saunders has to adjust this roster roster to be ready to compete going forward. And then the players, they need to get it done. You know, like Rubio said, you can lose games, but, but you can't lose games like this. That's all I got tonight. I will be recording tomorrow with Burt Robson, um, which I'm just sure after these two games will be an adventure. Um, that episode will post Thursday morning. And then after that, it's the Wizards at home on Friday. The Wizards are coming off, will be coming off of a back-to-back. That helps a little bit, but that's got to be a win. Um, I, I haven't yet watched the – I watched the Wizards in the preseason. I have, haven't watched any of their regular season games yet. I will um, before Friday, but I do know they're 0-4, and I do know that you just got to beat them. Um, but I, they're 0-4, but that team presents a challenge. Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are no joke. The Wolves got to come ready to play. I mean, that's that's the challenge here. We'll talk about that and I'm sure plenty else with Britt tomorrow. Till then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.